Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Alameda County has been seriously limiting what people can get evicted for since the start of the pandemic. The county's eviction moratorium was one of the strongest and longest running moratoriums in the Bay Area. But at midnight on April 29th, the county is officially ending that moratorium. It's what landlords have been waiting for and what tenants have feared. It's just not sustainable not to uh, collect rent. I think this will directly result in an immediate rise in homelessness. Today, the end of Alameda County's eviction moratorium. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. Alameda County put in place a ban on evictions that went far beyond what the state did. Vanessa Roncano is a housing reporter for KQED. 
it was one of the strongest moratoriums in the state, and it's been in place a lot longer than just about any other counties. So it banned evictions across the board, whether you could prove any sort of COVID hardship or not, with really limited exceptions. Before the pandemic, evictions were around 4,000 a year in Alameda County. And for comparison, in, in 2020, 2021, evictions were below 500. It not only prevented the majority of evictions while it's been in place, the way courts interpreted it, they stopped all the evictions that were in process when it went into effect. So any pre-pandemic evictions that were in the works got put on pause. So it played a pretty important role in keeping people in their homes during the pandemic. But Alameda County's moratorium is ending. What does that mean exactly? Well, the projection from the county is that evictions could rise to around 5,000 after the end of the moratorium, because that would be in line with what we saw in a couple of other nearby counties after their moratoriums ended. But it's really going to depend on where you live, because some cities in the county that had their own moratoriums in place have extended those or created phase-out plans. Oakland, Berkeley, and San Leandro are phasing out their eviction moratoriums more slowly. But thousands of residents in other parts of the county, especially in unincorporated areas like Castro Valley, could see eviction notices as early as next week. All those pre-pandemic eviction filings that were in the works when the ban went into effect, those are going to start moving forward. So that, that's going to happen right away. Two is that landlords are going to be ready to pounce on anybody who doesn't pay rent on May 1st. So housing attorneys are expecting to see a lot of notices going out in early May to people who do not pay May rent. Why is Alameda County changing course now? I mean, to some extent, this is just the moratorium playing out, right? It was designed to end 60 days after the local public health emergency was lifted, and that is what's happening. What I think feels really unexpected to a lot of, at least a lot of housing advocates, is that better preparations weren't made. I think a lot of advocates would have liked to see the county enact some sort of step-down plan like Oakland's, like Berkeley's, like San Leandro's, that gradually opened the door to more kinds of evictions. When you consider that just a couple of years ago, this board put in place one of the strongest moratoriums in the state, this is a huge shift. But it was made possible by changes in, in the makeup of the board. Sadly, two members passed away, and they were two strong tenant advocates. So Wilma Chan and Richard Byatt, they both died. At the time of these votes, Vaya's seat was still unfilled, and Lena Tam, who replaced him, has been a lot uh, friendlier to landlord interests. 
and she got quite a bit of financial um, backing from them. So that's a big part of what made this huge shift possible, combined with the fact that we've seen a huge amount of um, anger from property owners and the groups that represent them. What have the landlords that you've talked with said about the impact the moratorium has had on them? They say that they are struggling financially. Some of them say that they're having trouble making their mortgage payments, that they have tens, thousands of dollars in rent that they're owed in some cases, and then at the same time, their costs keep going up. And the estimate from the county at this point is that there's $120 million in back rent that's due in Alameda County. I want to there immediately end eviction moratorium. One landlord I spoke with who got a lot of attention a couple months ago is George Wu. He went on a hunger strike at the end of February to protest the moratorium because he says he's owed more than $120,000 in rent. My tenant take advantage of this policy. They refuse to pay rent. And he's one of those people who had a pre-pandemic eviction filing pending that got paused because of the moratorium. He owns a, a triplex in San Leandro, and he told me it's his primary source of income. We worked very hard in our previous country, and we uh, saved a little bit of money to come here, and we bought the rental house. He and his wife immigrated from China and made this this investment in this triplex strategically because they were worried that they would have a hard time finding jobs because they have limited English. So they really rely on this rental as a primary source of income to support their family. Uh, they uh, enacted the wrong policy. They only protect the tenant, but to the landlord, nothing. Vanessa, are there lots of landlords like George who've been demanding an end to eviction moratoriums? Yeah, they've had an increasingly large presence at these local meetings. A lot of people show up to give public comment. Last month, landlords disrupted a city council meeting in Oakland to demand an end to the city's eviction moratorium. And then these organized groups that represent property owners, like the California Apartment Association or the East Bay Rental Housing Association, they've really been doing everything they can um, to influence public officials. We've just seen across all avenues that are available to us uh, an increased level of activity. One of the people I talked to is Russell Lowry. He's the executive director of the California Rental Housing Association, and they represent around 20,000 landlords around the state. And he said that he has seen a kind of political engagement from his membership that he's not seen before. Where we see the traction is, is getting meetings with, with our elected officials and explaining our business to them. It gets easier for people to understand the spreadsheet and the business that that no business you wouldn't expect your grocery store you don't expect your neighborhood restaurant to be able to stay open without revenue coming in 
how concerned are tenants about what's to come when the moratorium lifts in Alameda County? People are worried about the money that they owe, and they're worried about paying rent moving forward. One of the people I talked to is a tenant named Carlos Archuleta. He lives in an unincorporated part of the county around Castro Valley. The the poor side of Castro Valley. And he's with this community group called My Eden Voice that advocated really hard for those tenant protection measures. It it shouldn't have just had to been the eviction moratorium or nothing else. And that was kind of presented to a lot of the residents. He said that he's worried about unscrupulous landlords in his area and about the lack of legal services there. Over here in this racist area, you really need basic protections. He pointed out that there's just this big power imbalance between landlords who often have legal representation in eviction court and tenants who usually don't. They just prey on this area. They, they prey on it because, unfortunately, on these landlords, they are addicted to that rent money. You know, and the California real estate is one of the most stable investments that you can go in. Carlos told me that he is particularly worried about undocumented folks who live around him. He's concerned that if a landlord moves to evict them, they'll just be super wary of any sort of court involvement because um, of their precarious legal status. So they'll just end up basically self-evicting, which is something that happens really often, rather than, than fighting it out in court, even if potentially they have a defense against eviction. And a lot of us, we pay rent. We pay rent on time. The majority of the unincorporated area is is undocumented. That's why they get away with with doing all this stuff, because a lot of the times, the undocumented community is is low-hanging fruit. What about housing advocates? What are their concerns? So one of the housing attorneys I talked to is Anne Tamiko Omura. So I I think this will directly result in an immediate rise in homelessness in the South counties. She's the executive director of the Eviction Defense Center. She said she's absolutely worried about the end of this moratorium. I just checked with staff and we receive an average of 50 to 80 calls a day from Alameda County residents who are at risk of eviction once the moratorium lifts. Another way that I've heard people talk about this concern is that When someone is evicted, the property owner can then raise the rent on that property. So if, if, say, somebody had been living there for many years, once they're evicted, they can raise the rent. And so just overall, that reduces the amount of lower rent units in the area. I understand that the landlord lobby has a loud voice and the financial backing, but our Elected leaders still have a duty to protect the most vulnerable residents in our community. Is there anything being done to ease the blow that tenant advocates are worried about? Yeah, this is something that the county supervisors are still hashing out, but they did refund this housing legal assistance program that had been in place for years. It had been in place since 2018. It's a program that funds legal services for tenants and homeowners. 
They can help negotiate with landlords to try to prevent an eviction. Or, worst case, if an eviction actually does go to court, they would defend a tenant in court. But at the county level, the the housing department is also working on a plan to create a foreclosure assistance program. They're working to fund a rental assistance program for low-income tenants, and they're talking about trying to create a program that would help small rental housing providers navigate the small claims court process uh, to go after back rent and about a mediation program that could work with tenants and landlords to resolve some of these issues around the debt. But it's, it's unclear where some of, the, of that funding is going to come from at this point. You might remember the state had a rent relief program to help tenants and landlords who lost income because of COVID. But that program had a lot of problems. Lots of people reported never getting any money or help with their applications. And the state is no longer accepting new ones. In Alameda County, tenant advocates wanted to see the board enact stronger tenant protections. But the board ultimately didn't do that. There was a just cause for eviction measure that they were considering that would have limited the reasons that landlords can evict. There was a fair chance ordinance that would have barred landlords from doing criminal background checks in most cases. And then there was a rental registry measure that was meant to help the county enforce code violations and rent control laws. And the board, after initially supporting those measures, changed its mind with its new composition, reverse course, and rejected all three of those. So is it safe to say, Vanessa, that landlords and property owners have won the day on this issue? I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a landlord who feels like they're really winning in this situation. But Ultimately, a rise in evictions is not good for anyone. Once you have an eviction on your record, it's really, really hard to find housing. We may see some very low-income people who are evicted end up directly on the streets. And in some cases, these are going to be families with kids. We see a whole slew of negative outcomes associated with homelessness, health conditions, mental health issues, incarceration, substance use. There's a social cost and, you know, maybe there's a a moral cost to that too. Vanessa, thanks for your reporting and uh, for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was Vanessa Roncano, a housing reporter for KQED. 
This 35-minute conversation with Vanessa was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. Alan Montesilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. The rest of our podcast team here at KQED includes Jen Chien, our director of podcasts, Cesar Saldana, our podcast engagement producer, and Katie Springer, our podcast's operations manager. If you're new to our show, welcome. We bring you deep dives into one local news story three times a week from right here in the Yay area. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss a beat. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, your host. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randal Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.